And we're live. Boom. Welcome to episode number 93 of the Average Man uh, Podcast, if I can remember the name of it. The Average Man Podcast. Shipping up to Boston there, brought us in. Um, mate, it has been uh, a while since I've done one of these. Um, life just keeps getting on top of me, hey? And every weekend that goes by, I think it's been another three weekends, maybe four, three weekends, let's say, that goes by that I don't do it, I just feel... It just, it eats away at me, hey, it really does, it's always in the back of my mind, um, but I haven't been able to pull it off lately, so I'm here to, I'm here to fix that, turn this volume up a little bit, is that better? Yeah, I'm here to fix that and try and get back on top of it, so here we are, episode number 93, Average Man Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, average men and women. Hey, uh, so what, what's happened in, since the last time I did an episode? Since the last time I have done an episode, let's try and keep the English at a reasonable level this time around, should we? Um, look, we've been to Broome. My wife and I went to Broome with the kiddos uh, the weekend before Easter. Um, so we went up there for our 10-year wedding anniversary. You know you're getting old when you're, when you're, when you're doing the 10-year wedding anniversary. Eh? How's that one? So we went up there for uh, to Broome. We normally go to to, to Bali um, uh, for our wedding anniversary each year. We try to, uh, obviously can't at the moment. So we did the Broome thing instead and had a really good really good time, man. Um, it was pretty busy still because you know for March is sort of the the off season there in Broome. But this year being what it is, um, just everything's so booked out, man. Um, we managed to get some accommodation then, you know, like if you tried to get in Broome weekend, that was completely flogged. And we've actually had another look uh, for some July dates because originally we were going to try to do a week in um, down on the Coral Coast somewhere, Ningaloo um, Coast there for the July school holidays, like for, for a week of them. But uh, we just couldn't get a... A campsite, man. So I think the the new rule is that you can book like six months out from a date, and um, if you're not in there pretty pretty quickly, especially around those school holiday periods, everything just books out, man. Um, which is kind of shitty. And I was chatting to a couple of blokes about it, and, and I reckon that even though everything's booked out, I don't think the it's actually going to be completely full, all those campsites. It's just so cheap to book it that people just probably book them ahead of time um, as a contingency and then just sort of do – if they they go, they go. If something else better pops up, they, they kind of – they do that anyway and you've already lost, you know, like 100 bucks or something for a week's worth of accommodation. So because we went there last year in in July, I think, or maybe it was the, the August school holidays. No, it would have been July – um, and same thing, there was like, you could, there was like one or two campsites left when we booked, um, and that's throughout all of the, the spots along the Ningaloo coast there. There's like 20 campsites, you know, and there's like 10 or 20 campsites, uh, like spots at each camp and they're all apparently booked out. And when we went there, it was not even a third full this place we were at so it's like people just book it and then they if they go they go if they don't they don't which sucks because you can't <laughs> people that actually want to go you can't can't book man so um yeah so we were going to do we we're going to do that in july school holidays and obviously booked out so then i said we looked at looked at broom and um no go that's booked out as well we actually looked at a couple of weeks after the school holidays as well a couple of different dates because 
my parents will be coming up to town. We thought we'd get up to Broome and check that out with them as well. But it's all, all, all booked out all through July. I think all the way up to August, it's already booked out Broome. So it's just kind of um, crazy styles at the moment, trying to uh, trying to get in anywhere because no one can go overseas. It's sort of hard and to, to go over east. You don't know if you're going to have to get locked down, quarantine, and it's bloody expensive anyway. So everyone's doing stuff in their own state at the moment. It's just and you know which is good for the state, I guess. Money getting spent locally, but it's hard to do anything. And if you're in the Pilbara with ridiculously priced flights, you don't really want to fly your family away for a, just a quick little holiday. You definitely don't want to be flying them, you know, multiple times a year, two and a half grand a pop return tickets for for the four of us um it, it really limits what you can do you either drive you know we can drive seven eight hours to, to Exmouth, which is all right but that's booked out you can drive five six hours up to Broome, which is all right but that's booked out anywhere else you start like getting into like driving pretty like a mission to get anywhere or a flight so it's a bit limiting for us here eh? um obviously we used to have the old two-hour flight to bali which was a winner winner chicken dinner so yeah um, but we did we did go up to Broome um, and had a really good time. You know, it was just good to get out of Headland and have a bit of a break. Um, kids enjoyed it. Took my boy to the Croc Farm. He just frothed on it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I took him there a couple of years back and was probably too young to really appreciate it. But he, he got right into it this time around, which was cool. He even held one of the little Crocs, um, which was awesome because he's a super. Um, oh, excuse me. Oh my goodness, yawning on a podcast, there's not good podcast etiquette, excuse me, um, yeah, he, for my boy, he's like really sensory and quite like, he doesn't pick up bugs and, and, and you know, um, little creatures and stuff like that, he's really uh, quite, yeah, he's, he's quite timid, timid around those sorts of things, so for him to hold the little crocodile um, was a big, big deal for him and he felt so proud afterwards, I was real proud of him too. And then went around and checked out some of the other crazy crocs there. Uh, be honest with you, we got about halfway through the tour and went, he started, his attention span started to drift and it was like muggy as hell because it pissed down raining on the way out to the croc farm, like like bucketed down. And then we had that after, that that super humid um, aftermath of a, of a downpour in the in the wet season. And there was shitloads of midges, uh, mozzies everywhere, biting us, eating our blood, feasting upon us. And we got about halfway through and it's like you just end up going and seeing another croc doing something very similar to the last one. And he's got a little story about that one. Then another croc does something very similar to the last one. And it's like it's super cool to see, especially up close. And you look through like a chicken wire fence and there's a fucking prehistoric dinosaur, like full-blown monster staring at you, um, which is cool. But, yeah, we got to about halfway through and I said, hey, bro, you – you um, still going or you're, you're pretty happy? And he's like, yeah, I'm good, Dad. Let's go. I was like, sweet. So we bailed out before it finished. Um, yeah, but that was awesome, man. We we, we we got down to both Cable and Ganthian Beach. Uh, I've got mates that live in Broome and they always like, they're always like keen to go down to Ganthian Point, which is sort of more where the locals go as opposed to Cable Beach. My missus was more keen to check out Cable Beach. She loves it down there. But um we drove down to Ganthian Beach and got the stand-up paddle board out, which was cool. Saw a mate of mine who just he just had a, his missus had just had a baby that that like week actually I think, and I haven't seen him for like five six years or something. So that was cool to catch up and then had the paddle board down there. Tuck tuck the daughter on the front. Um, we went out for, a, for we saw a dolphin jumping out a little bit out a ways out, and so jumped on the paddle board and went out and, and had a bit of a geese around the, the dolphin. Got within about a meter or two of it, which was pretty cool. 
Um, I was super nervous, but because I normally have my daughter's like, even though she can swim, I normally have normally have her floaties on going on the paddleboard. But kind of, she just jumped on, and we sort of next minute I knew we were halfway out chasing this dolphin. I was like, oh man, she doesn't have her floaties on. So I was like thinking about managing the fact of standing up, paddling. Um, if I, if she falls off, you know, I got to jump in, get her. Keep hold of the paddle, keep hold of the board. I'm like, oh, this is a little bit stressful. Uh, I don't know how deep the water is here or whatever. But um, no, it was all good. We cruised out, saw the dolphin, sort of swam underneath the paddleboard and shit, which was cool. She was she was loving it. Um, um, and then and then came back in. Um, no damage was done, but it was pretty pretty cool to see that man. Um, yeah, I've been getting right into the. I've been getting right into the <coughs> paddleboard now, like um. I definitely need to keep practicing on the one I've got, but I definitely need to get a smaller board as well, with a bit more of a um, like a, 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 a sharper nose and a bit more of a curve to the to the front of it, so it doesn't sort of bottom out um, or, or nose dive when I'm catching waves, because that's what I'm that's what I'm chasing. I'm chasing those little Pilbara waves that we get, we get uh, rolling through. Um, so it was pretty cool because this morning I I went out. We've got those two uh, lows, and one was a cyclone, one was a low, I think, off the coast, you know, um, of WA at the moment, bumping into each other and maybe going to make landfall down near Calbarry or, or something. I haven't really been following it too much. But obviously, we got a little bit of, of a weather system pushed back towards us from that. So we had some swell this week, which is pretty uncharacteristic for Headland. Uh, it's get, getting up to like, you know, 1.8 metres consistently. I think it got up to like uh, over two metres last night. Um, and this morning, you know, obviously I've been working during the week, but I've been checking it out and looking at the waves roll in, checking the weather report and everything. And, and this morning, 7 a.m. was sort of perfect conditions. We had one and a half metre swell. Uh, the wind was like just over 10k an hour. Uh, enough water. So you want about, for the for the wave out the front of my joint on Sutherland Street to break, uh, at the back of the reef there, you want about three metres of water, three to three and a half metres of water when that starts breaking at the back there. So 7am was three metres of water, 12k an hour winds, 1.5 metre swell. And um, yeah, and me and a couple of the lads went out there and, and got amongst it. And it was so good, man. Like, they're just tiny little waves. You'd work so hard to get on them. Um, they actually less impressive than they look, which is funny because they're a decent little size when you get out there. Uh, you know, sort of. Some of them may be chest high, definitely consistently waist high, um, but they've got no power to them. Like because the wa- the water doesn't get shallow enough quickly, quickly enough, the wave doesn't suck up from the bottom, and they just don't generate enough of their own power. So you, you get on these bloody waves and you're on it, but you've got to keep paddling, pushing, pushing, pushing. But it's just it's, I know it's fun, like it's surfing in the Pilbara, which you just never get to do. Um, yeah, man, it's just something that a lot of guys up here, myself included, really miss um, when you're living here is, is the opportunity to, to just go for a surf every now and then. So I kind of got that fixed this morning. Um, I've been chasing a few little waves for the last few weeks, but I'm still really getting used to the board. So uh, for me, yeah, sort of came together a little bit this morning. I still fell off a bunch of times. It still didn't have a great um, success turning because it's a ten and a half. Uh, footboard that's like 32 inches wide it's a big boat of a thing so i've got a bit of work to do and definitely would would benefit from a smaller board to maneuver around on a wave but had so much fun man i got my new carbon paddle during the week because the one i had was a piece of shit so i got my new carbon panel paddle had was able to get that up to the right height for me it was super light um yeah just just everything came together and we spent a good two hours out in the water 
and was just absolutely wrecked when I came in. I knew I was like kept getting puffed while I was out and having breaks and so were the other boys and I kind of felt like it was a good workout while I was on the water but it wasn't until I came in and started driving home I just realised how wrecked I was man. I came came home and cooked up a big feed bacon and eggs and mushrooms and and um just just demolished that and then my arms and shoulders were all aching from paddling like a madman and yeah and I've just been I was zonked for a few hours afterwards so kind of just kicked back on the on the couch watched a bit of UFC and chilled out which was good but I was just frothing on it hey it was such a good little session and we had, we caught the the session out the back uh, the breakers out the back at the the back edge of the reef and then as the as the tide came in and it filled up more, we came in and thought the session was over. And then there was another little wave, another little half an hour session of, of waves on the inside, which was good fun too. So just I'm absolutely loving it, eh? Just right out in front of our house and cruise out there and have a paddle around. I was out there on Easter Monday, no waves out there, but... um. You know, I missed the swell. There was a little bit of a break, but I, well, I was too late out there. But clear water, so you can see dolphins swimming underneath you. I saw a ray out there as well, mantra or a stingray, not sure which one. But a bit of wildlife going around, you know, and, and you're up, standing up, sort of looking straight down on them. So it's quite a cool little view. So I'm loving that, frothing on that at the moment, eh? Um, what else is going on? Yeah, yeah, we had the that, that, that broom weekend, so the weekend before Easter, was the, the heavyweight... Um, heavyweight UFC heavyweight title fight which was on uh which is Francis Ngannou versus Stipe Miocic and now Stipe Miocic was the current champ these dudes have fought before and Miocic beat him so it was a rematch and he's uh was consensus best UFC heavyweight of all time because uh best record anyway like there's stipulations that other people could have beat him at certain times in their career some some pretty bad dudes that were kicking around around the same time frame but he beat everybody he 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 had the most total defenses at heavyweight which is only three which is pretty crazy to think the only the longest reigning heavyweight champ in the UFC has only ever had three title defenses um before they get knocked out but he had the three, he won it twice, so he lost it, won it back again, beat some absolute legends of the, of the sport as well. So he really was the consensus best uh, UFC heavyweight uh, of all time. And then this fellow Francis Ngannou, who's a big French Cameroonian African dude, and again, they've, won, they've fought before, he he just yeah, took it to him and knocked him out cold, man. And he, he adjusted really well from the first fight because the first fight he got taken down and worn out and like sort of blew his gas tank trying to go hard and knock uh, uh, Stipe out really quickly and Stipe dragged him to the floor, wore him out and kind of beat the shit out of him for five rounds, really. Uh, and then this time around, he worked on his wrestling a lot and he paced himself and didn't blow his gas tank and just looked super deadly on the feet and yeah, knocked, knocked Stipe out in the second round. So it's pretty interesting and and, and you know, the, the exciting thing is like what happens next. John Jones is going up, has gone up, and is is putting on weight and, and is looking to make a debut at heavyweight. So the stipulation is that these two dudes will fight each other. Francis Ngannou, possibly you know the scariest heavyweight of all time, and John Jones, you know, probably the greatest mixed martial arts fighter of all time. So that should be a real massive blockbuster fight, and um, I'm excited to see John Jones get knocked out. I hate to be a hater, but I don't like that dude. Uh, I've watched all of his fights. He's super exciting, but it would be exciting to watch him get knocked out by Francis Ngannou, and, you know, definitely a possibility. Uh, and if Francis was to beat John Jones, I mean, this dude would just 
become an absolute superstar. It would be the biggest fight in UFC history. He would knock out, you know, the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. Uh, he's got the look. He looks like a superhero, big black jacked dude, fucking just naturally. I think he's like 275 pounds, like 170, uh, 130 kilo or something. He cuts weight down to make the heavyweight limit. It's just a, an absolute beast of a man, um, super scary, um, can knock anybody out with one punch. So if he was to beat John Jones, you know, um, we could the UFC could be looking at having a, a Mike Tyson-style heavyweight champ, which would be pretty exciting, you know. It's just the guy that looks the part and, and knocks everyone out and is just sort of feared by all. So that would be pretty pretty cool and pretty interesting to see. So I'd love to see what happens next with that Francis Ngannou as a champ, and, and if that John Jones fight materialises, it's just coming down to money uh, at the moment. Uh, so that was that was Broom Weekend. We went out for dinner a few nights and just swam in the pool every day, which was awesome. Kids loved it. it was so good seeing the kids just have that time in the pool to build up their confidence. They were diving right down to the bottom in the deep end to get the little dive fish thing we had for fish things that we had for them. And um, yeah, it's good to get out of Headland, man. And we stay we stay at the seashells, which we really 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 love. I'll go back there next time as well. You kind of get a, we got a three bedroom, only needed a two bedroom, but got a three bedroom apartment at a, at a really good price. It's in Cable Beach. The pool's really good there. Um, you get heaps of room, so uh, definitely a, a, a spot that I'd stay again if we went back to to, uh, to Broome. Um, but then the weekend after Easter, Easter weekend, so I had the four day weekend then, and then we had another four day weekend over Easter, which was nice to just give the body and everything a little bit of a rest from work because it's been bloody hectic lately. Um, we just sort of chilled out at, at home, spent the weekend here. Really didn't do a whole lot. Um, some friends of ours were down in Exmouth for like a week, um, so they said that we could use the the pool, which is just down the road from us. So we went there a couple of days and had a swim in the pool, all the kids out. Uh, and then did a bit of gardening and watched a bit of TV, some movies with the kids and shit, and really just hung out and chilled and, and saw nobody else and, and really didn't do much at all, which was quite nice too, just to really dial it back a little bit. I'm always trying to get so many things going at, at one time. and um, So f- for me to just give that all up for a weekend and, and just hang out with the family and chill out and do that was, was pretty cool. Still frustrated the hell out of me that I didn't get everything I wanted to get done done over that weekend but that's just that's just my crazy mind doing what my crazy mind does but no it was pretty pretty cool man good to see that um yeah good to have a weekend at home with the kids and that pool made all the difference just being able to go and wear them out and then come back home and chill out and feel like oh at least we haven't just sat at home and done nothing with the kids all day so uh, and then after easter weekend went straight into dog sitting for one of the one of the boys from work so the three dogs my missus bought home from 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 work from the um community um we ended up keeping one one of the girls which i really didn't want to because i had committed to this kelpie purebred kelpie a boy to sort of step into the shoes of my boy casper i lost a year ago um you know and something i'd put a lot of thought into and waited a long time to to felt it was right and had chosen this dog so you know i'd love the characteristics of a kelpie with how intelligent they are and how active they are and chasing the ball and swimming and problem solving and all that kind of shit and then oh missus comes home with these bloody pilbara special rat things from from the community and i got worn down by her and the kids and we end up keeping one and then one of the the boy which was probably the one i liked the best out of the dogs i 
we sold to a mate of mine and he had to go work away for a few days so we then looked after the boy and it just reiterated to me that man if I knew I was going to get worn down and bullied into keeping one of these dogs I would have kept that boy he was a real good dog he's real cute um so I'm not quite sure what to do about this it's it's hard it's a hard situation because we've got this dog now and I love all animals and she's cute and um there's nothing wrong with her but I didn't choose her, I didn't really want her in the family and now I'm going to slowly come to terms with the fact that she's here and I've got to treat her properly and it's a tricky situation. So definitely not the dog I wanted and it's just landed on us and for me getting a dog's a massive decision so I'm pretty I'm pretty sort of thrown by the whole thing at the moment to be honest with you. I still come to terms with this rat that's taken the place of the dog I'd chosen and then the fact that we gave the brother away who was actually a really good dog as well. And just while I'm on that, how's this, the dog, the boy that we looked after, the the, the fellow we, we sold it to named it Gypsy, a boy dog named Gypsy. That's a girl's name, brother. But anyway, each to their own. 2021 I guess doesn't really matter Gender neutral Name I suppose Um, But anyway uh, What else has been going on man For me personally Not a lot just heaps of work Obviously I've been working weekends And then finding it hard to get this podcast done um, Which has been stressing me out But aside from that My my work's been going well Uh, It's just going good with the kids at school and for me, yeah, all I've really been doing outside of work is 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 the gym. Gym's been nice and consistent for me. Just been lifting really heavy this year, doing this powerlifting program. I found I got an app for it, and which is good. It takes all the guesswork and 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 negotiation out of it for me. It's just what I'm lifting and how much and reps and everything is is all determined for me on the app. So I just got to do the work that's in front of me. Uh, and I haven't lifted heavy for years because I get problems with my joints and shit like that. So. Which is starting to happen now, but I've but I've made a lot of headway putting on some weight and muscle on my legs. That I want to keep and um, you know I've got these skinny black fella legs on me, so it's always really hard for me to put put muscle on the legs. But I put a bit of muscle on my legs and and I'm feeling really strong and lifting more than I have ever really before. So it's some good goals I'm hitting there. And it, but I'm definitely looking forward to in another four weeks. I'm going to wrap this program up. Looking forward to going back to eating normally and doing some fasting because I'm eating just heaps. So I'm always bloated feeling and um yeah going back to my normal eating program and and lifting weights probably just once a week and just starting to run and do my circuits and hit the bag and get fit again rather than just sort of strong which is what I prefer to be but you know yeah I like to mix it up do things different I'm 38 years old now so I thought it was time I I, I went for another stint at some heavy lifting and see if I could put a bit of a bit more muscle on my frame um so it's been something something i've been really motivated for it anyway because it's got these certain goals in mind that i'm trying to hit so it's always good to find something that puts you out of your comfort zone mixes it up keeps you motivated keeps you working harder i guess that's what i've been doing um with this so that's pretty cool uh but anyway moving forward well there's a couple of things i wanted to hit um before before i get out of here um First one's pretty exciting. Um, if you've been following the news at all lately um, around drug laws and and, and tr- clinical trials and, and, and shit like that in Australia, you would have heard that um, the government has has approved a fifteen million dollar grant for psychedelic clinical trials in Australia, which is massive. I didn't think that they were going to be doing that this soon in Australia. So um, I definitely 
know the needles moving on, on marijuana and medicinal marijuana, but I wasn't uh, aware that they were going to come to the party on the on the psychedelic um, clinical trial thing this soon, which is pretty cool, man. So I think m- last month there was a move to try and get MDMA and psilocybin off the prohibited list onto a controlled substance list is when you can start using it for treatment. That was knocked back, but then they went ahead and granted the $15 million to do the research to see if it is viable because this has been going on globally, all the research around using um, specifically psilocybin and psychedelics for treatment of depression and post-traumatic stress disorder and um, anxiety for people with um, terminal illness and, and a bunch of other things. So, I mean, that's that's really good news, man. Um, and it feels like reading the article I was reading that that the pe- people who make these decisions and, and are influential in this field are really starting to realise that we are so far behind the rest of the world in this, in this department. Um, uh, so they're admitting that and starting to get the wheels turning. It's going to be hard in Australia because we are such a nanny country, nanny state, um, but to the, the wheels are turning, which is, which is exciting. Um, there's a quote here from Dr. N- Nicole Lee, who's a professor at Curtin University for the Drug Research Institute, who they have obviously quite a big influence on what goes on. Uh, with this, I think they are undertaking these clinical trials. They have uh, have a relationship with the the government heads that make these decisions. Um, and basically, what she said was, Australians are suffering and dying, and these treatments offer an opportunity for true healing. We need to put aside the policy. Sorry, we need to pull aside the politics from fifty years ago, and start putting people's lives first, which is just spot on the money. Exactly right. We're talking about stigmas attached to. To these substances from years and years ago, um, fear mongering, and that that is what's holding back the policy and the law moving forward. And and people who are living miserable, shitty lives with uh, ineffective treatments using you know pharmaceutical drugs, and people are dying and lives being ruined and torn apart, and all that sort of stuff. And there's other options out there that are not dangerous, and we've been turned a blind eye to them just because of public perception and stigma and and um, so it's really good to see that they're admitting that they realise that, and they're getting the ball rolling, man. And, and we could have a different future in twenty years' time where people can actually get decent treatment for things that is, that's been shown to be effective and doesn't get them hooked on ph- a pharmaceutical drug. So that's really exciting for me, man. And and what's also exciting to me is <clears throat> um, a mate of mine put me onto this guy, Doctor Maddie Moore, who's a doctor down south in Dunsborough. And he's one of only about 80 physicians in Australia who is prescribing um, medicinal marijuana. So with medicinal marijuana now, they go through this certain training to become, uh, um, you know, qualified or, or certified, that's the word. And then they are able to provide – they're able to um, – Prescribe medicinal marijuana without the use of a, a specialist outside of it as well, except for children that have to go through um, a specialist to prescribe medicinal marijuana to children, which is fair enough. But um, so he's one of a very a, a handful of people in the country doing it. He's here in WA. He's really passionate about it. He's also prescribing um, CBD um, for for patients as well. So I got hold of him um, through his website and I booked an appointment to try and put myself 
uh, get myself a prescription for CBD because I use it for pain management, um, helps with sleep and a bunch of other things as well. So hopefully I can get that sorted out. But while I was chatting to the dude, um, I noticed I've been following his Instagram page and noticed he does a lot of little clip videos explaining his point of view and current drug laws and how we need to change the perception and what he prescribes for and who he prescribes for and, and all these sorts of things. And I've seen he's been on a couple of other people's little podcasts talking about this as well. So I reached out to him and said, hey, I've also got a podcast. I'd love to have you on via Zoom one time if you'd be interested in doing that. And um, he got back and said, yeah, for sure. And we had a bit of a back and forth banter about it. And um, he seems really keen. So what I said was that I needed to do, go and do a little bit of research on the current state of the, all the laws and what the treatments are and just where the whole um, thing is sitting right now because as much as I am passionate about this, something I've been interested in for a long, long time, I haven't kept up to date with the latest information over the last few years. So I've started reading, watching some clips, watching some of his clips, um, just getting some information, jotting down some dot points um, so that when I do chat to him, I've got an educated opinion and standpoint so I can actually have a good base for the discussion. Um, so that's what I'm in the middle of doing now. That'll take me about a week or two. Um, I'm probably, yeah, a week or two at the max and then we'll book something in with, with Matty Moore and we'll have him on here via Zoom. So I'm really excited about that one. Um, yeah, man, this is something that I'm passionate about and he's really passionate about as well. And when I first started this podcast, I thought about having how would I get in touch with people in, involved in the legalisation of medicinal marijuana and the, making the laws and people who understand the processes going on in the background and just people who I could chat to about this. Uh, um, and this is something that's popped up now, obviously, and, and um, I'm, I'm bloody really excited for it. So. Keep an eye open. Uh, keep an eye out for that one. I'll obviously post on the socials and everything like that, and, and really pump that one through. And if when that comes, when that pops up, if you're interested in this area, or you've got anybody who you know who has uh, depression, post traumatic stress disorder, who's suffering from um, can't uh, you know side effects from cancer or or or, or um, leukemia treatments or anything like that, like it's important that people get this information and we can start changing public's perceptions. I'd really appreciate people to point him in Maddie Moore's direction for his website and his instagram page and all that sort of stuff but also definitely get him to listen to this the podcast that we do when that happens because um not only is it something that's really cool and exciting and interesting for me um it's something that i think is really important and definitely you know something that we need to move the needle on in society so and it only moves when we the people uh, get behind it and push it and demand change so yeah we can all do our little bit to make a big a big change so yeah there's a couple of really exciting things right there psilocybin clinical trials money's been granted for that to happen in australia super super excited and then obviously medicinal marijuana which was legalized last year and now i'm going to get this dude on many more and, and have a bit of a chat about it so, so straight from the horse's mouth which is really really exciting so yeah um look that's all i got for you this week half an hour nice and nice and tight for the my first episode back really need to start getting these more and more consistent and getting some more guests on so um get back in the swing of things we're in the the fourth month now and it has this year's not really gone the way i wanted it to as far as podcasts so anyway that's my job to get on top of that um thanks heaps for listening please share the freaking episodes tell people about it tag your mates in it um repost them all that kind of shit um yeah and help me get the numbers up and get this thing moving a little bit more so anyway Thanks, everybody, for your time. Average Man Podcast, episode number 93. 
shipping up to Boston. Shipping up to Boston. Over and out.